Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Y'all ready for the reading of the word? Jeremiah 29, it says this in verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders in exile and to the priests, the prophets and the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 4, you can go back and read verses 2 and 3. It talks about the people that were sent. How many of y'all know there's always an appointed sent one for the letter for the letter to, to get to the people. But it says in verse 4, So says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the captives whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He said, build houses. Everybody say, build houses. He said, build houses and live in them. He said, plant gardens. Everybody say, plant. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Number six is take wives and have sons. I won't have you say that one because that would be weird for some of y'all in the room. But he says, and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply. How many of y'all know God has called us to be fruitful and multiply? Amen. Multiply there and do not decrease in number. He said, seek peace and well-being for the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its peace you will have peace. Verse 8. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your false prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you, pay no attention and attach no significance to the dreams which they dream or to yours. For they falsely, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name and have not sent them, says the Lord. Verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and keep my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. And then verse 11, which we all know, it might be up in your car or in a mirror or someplace inside of your house. It says in verse 11, if I, was, if I had a suit on, I would slick my hair back right now. And I would say, uh, on the end of every this, every one of these, for uh, I know uh, because this is a good part. How many of y'all know this is a good part? I ain't got to do all that, but I'm here to tell you right now, this is a good part. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a future and a future and a come on. I came to tell you this morning, it may look grim on in the website. It may look terrible on constant negative news. It may look terrible on Fox News. It may look terrible of what's happening in the world, but I'm telling you, I still have a hope. Come on. How many of y'all still have a hope this morning? I ain't going to stop there. There's one more scripture I want to read. It says in verse 12, Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear, and I will listen to you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say this word's for you today. All right. Look at your other neighbor. Lie to him if you have to. Say, looks like you've lost some weight. Have you lost some weight? Come on. Like I said, if you have to lie to him, go ahead and lie to him. Amen. Well, we're just getting back from a men's retreat. How many of you men went to the men's retreat? Let me see a show of hands, you guys that were there. I'm telling you. Did you have a big time, Doug? Uh, we had a big time. Men, did you have a big time? I mean, we, it, it was great. I want to encourage you men. We, we probably will go uh, next year. I, I, it might be one of the best men's deals I've ever been to. I mean, it was really, really good. But uh, I'm going to encourage all you men next year to get signed up for that. Alex, wasn't it awesome? Yeah, amen. And we shot skeet, but we won't talk about that, right, Pastor Robert? <laughs> amen. Uh, yeah, we shot skeet. Mm, I'm sorry. I shot 100, so uh, go ahead and give myself a hand. No, I'm kidding. No, don't do that. Uh, um, and also, too, I want to recognize some people before we get, jump in the Word today. I want to recognize the, our graduates that are coming up, because how many of y'all know it's a big deal to graduate from high school? Where are you at, graduates? We have anybody graduating from high school? We have anybody graduate from college? We have anybody graduating from refrigerator school in here? <laughs> Heating and air school? No, nobody's in here. Okay, well, good. All right. Well, if you would, you could have stood up. We would have never known. We'd applauded you. That was the time to do it. All right. 
And but um, we do. How many of y'all know it's a big deal, especially in a time and day where people don't even want to work or do anything. That it's a big deal when people stay the course, Amen. And 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 graduate from high school. I think that's a big deal. Well, I want to tell you this morning. I am excited to share the word with you. I was not prepared. We were actually going to do something else, and uh, I got a phone call last night, and uh, I had a surprise for you, but be looking for that in a couple weeks, so I had to put a message together just real quick, but this is really on my heart today, because I, I'll tell you right now, we live in a time and day with everything on the news and people that you talk to. How many of y'all know there's some people out there, they're so far far-fetched and conspiracy theories from TikTok and different videos that they watch, they got that tinfoil hat down in the basement? And they tell you those far-fetched things, it's like, oh my gosh, what's the matter with you? You really believe this stuff. And they really do believe that stuff. How many of y'all know those people out there? All right. How many of you are those people out there? (laughs) Miss Bonnie. (laughs) Uh, Lord, set her free, God, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Uh, Don't get too close to her when you fire up the microwave. But um, anyways... (laughs) Oh, uh, what am I talking about? Where are we at? But anyways, we're at, we're at such a place. I mean, people are calling me, Pastor, you think the gas is going to get too high? Well, I'll tell you this. I, don't, I can't tell you whether it's going to get high or whether it's going to get low, but I can tell you this, and I am mad about it. And I will say this. I will never get up. I will never shut up. I will never give in. I will never throw in the towel. I believe we as the church, as the body of Christ, we are the resistance to the spirit of the Antichrist on the earth today. Right? But here's the deal. It can get to $9.50. And I'll tell you this. God is my supplier. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's the same thing during the pandemic. I'm telling you, if you live in fear rather than faith, it will not only affect you, it will affect your health and it will affect your family. It will affect your family as well. And all the things that are happening, I mean, me and Doug was talking about it yesterday of how, or a couple days ago of how they're doing so many things. Like the trains are out on, on they're, they're prepping it up today to where trains don't even have to have a body in it. To where people don't even have to have, be on the inside of it. They've already sent an 18-wheeler from the east coast to the west coast by remote control where they don't have people. And I'm not saying that to scare. I'm telling you that to prepare. Because if you think it's bad now, it's only going to get worse. And I'm I, some of y'all on YouTube already, you're switching. It's like, I don't want to hear this. Well, go to Joel Osteen. He'll make you feel great. I'm just here to tell you that in, I say that out loud. I didn't mean to. Matthew 24, Jesus said we'd have birth pains. We'd have birth pains. And can I tell you, we're in birth pains today. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, because I've heard it my whole life, that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. How many of y'all remember Y2K and you bought all that water and unnecessarily? Right? In 1988, they had 88 reasons Jesus come back. In 2012, some kind of Mexican um, Indians, the Aztecs or something like that. It was some kind of voodoo in the earth that Jesus was coming back then. I'm here to tell you, no one knows the day or the hour. But I will tell you this, that there are some events that are happening today that you better be ready. Your home better be ready and have your house in order. And you better be saying this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And so we're 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 at we're just we're at a place today in looking at this particular text. This is what I want to tell people. This is what I always tell people. This is not new to God. This may be new to you, but this is not new to God. How many of y'all know in those levels, especially in the first century of the persecution that they went through, aren't you thankful that you live in the United States of America? Right? Like we may be going through some things and this may be new to us, but it's not new to God. There is nothing new under the sun. If they made it, I'm going to make it. I'm going to say that again. If they made it, how many of you know we're going to make it? And I'm just here to spur something on the inside of you. God has a plan for the church. The Bible says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the place that he said that was at Caesarea Philippi. And it was a place where we see from Mark chapter 9 of the boy that said, only this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. There was devils in the land that there wasn't anywhere else that were very, very demonic. How many of y'all know we have some demonic devils in the earth today? I'm telling you the spirit of the Antichrist is in the earth today for sure. But, but at Caesarea Philippi, he said, it's in this dark place I will build my what? I will build my what? I will build my what? Who's here today? All of you, you're the church. You're the resistance to what's going on in the earth today. 
He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So am I, am I scared? No. Am I prepared? Yes. Am I walking in fear? No. Am I walking in faith? Yes. Am I concerned of what's going to happen in the economy? I mean, there is, but still, I walk by faith and not by sight. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is still sufficient today. I'm telling you, I walk in confidence because I walk in consistency out of my mouth. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm telling you, that's why it's so important that we as believers, that we live a life of consistency. You know, this weekend I heard something, uh, and I've preached this many times before. We love to quote James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But the problem is, most believers just say, resist the devil. They say it with all that churchy voice. Resist the, the devil. Uh, right? They get a flat tire. I'm just resisting the devil. Well, it's not going to put your tire back on there. You know what I'm saying? It's like we get comfortable just saying that, right? But they, we really don't get a meaning of what it means. But we miss out on the first part of the text. It means, number one, what do we have to do? Submit to God. You know what I found in my life? When I submit to God, resisting the devil is totally easy. But you know what we do once we submit to God? There's lots of people in this room, and I am guilty of this myself. Resistance is taking a stand. You know what people do? They submit to God and they avoid the devil. I'll give you an example. Gabe, come up here. You know what to do, don't you? All right. So if, I, if I'm going to resist Gabe, like he's going to do the Oklahoma, he's going to do a swim, aren't you? Are you really? Oh, okay. I was like, dang, he's on, he's on point right now. He's going to do Oklahoma drill. Uh, all right. I, so if I'm gonna res if I'm gonna resist the devil, that means I'm gonna take a stance, right? But you come at me. You can go ahead and sit down, because I, I don't, you know, the ambulance is a long ways here, and, and you know, <laughs> we have to have a healing service if me and you go to scrapping too much. Um, plus we slept on some hard beds this last weekend, so it's it's kind of hard. All right, I'm preaching. Here's the deal. What do we do? What do we do? The first time I showed you, I was what? Resisting. But when he came at me and I went the other direction, what was I doing? I was avoiding. You know what people do? They may submit to God, but they avoid the devil. It's like this. When you give your life to the Lord, you know how you avoid the devil? When the people call and say, hey, you want to come over and party? You just don't go. You don't even answer their text. You avoid them. You know what resistance is? Hey, I'm coming to your house, but I have to talk to you about something. I'm coming over to tell you that I don't drink no more. I don't smoke no more. I don't talk the way you used to talk. I don't live the way you used to live because Jesus, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world is living on the inside of me. I'm not co coming over here to make me better than you, but because of him, now I'm better than me. And Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm just coming to tell you, rather than avoiding it and saying, oh, it'll be into an argument. Things that, no, you're not there to argue. You're just there to make a stance. Saying that I am a Bible-believing Christian today. And the reason I don't come over is because God has done something new inside my life. Amen. How many of y'all know we need to be at a place where we resist the devil and not just avoid the devil? Like those things that happen inside of our homes, we need to, our, our kids need to know as godly parents that we are resisting the devil and we're not avoiding it. Amen? And, I, I, and you know how you do that? You, you as believers, you get into a place where you're, you're, you're constantly on your face before the Lord. I'm telling you, we're at a place where we can't just pack up and weenie up and say, you know what, it's not worth fighting. I told Doug, Jesus is coming back. We might as well get a whole bunch of credit cards and have a big time. Right? <laughs> I was joking, by the way. I hope you guys know that, all right? But, but how many of y'all know we got things to do? Come on, we got cities to build. We got contracts to fill. Come on. Well, I, I mean, now more than ever, we need to be at a place in the Word of God and have a hunger for the Word of God. We got to be at a place where we're in His presence. You know, I heard something again this weekend that really struck out to me. You know what we treat praise and worship like? We treat it like their, their production right? And, and God is the facilitator, and we're the audience. But you know it's not like that? Go ahead and write this down. If you're not taking notes, you might as well write this down anyway, all right? Because this is so good. You know, we don't need to look at it like this of, of us being the audience, they being the production, and God being the facilitator. No, the band is the facilitator. We're the production, 
and God's the audience. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so we as a body of Christ, I'm telling you, let's not take it lightly. Just like that song, Lord, Sin Revival, I sense the anointing of God in this room. I'm telling you, you know, it, what it does, it builds faith on the inside of us for us to go out there into a crazy, crazy world. So I want to share just one thing with you right quick to tell you this. If you don't know it, Jesus is coming back. Uh, against totally what uh, the, the TikTok pastor says or this person that you follow on Instagram, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what they say. They're wrong. If they say there is not going to be a rapture of the church. Now, there may not be the word R-A-P-T-U-R-E, but Jesus is coming back for the church. Hear my words. Rapture. He's coming back for you and me. In fact, I just want to go ahead and read it to you in 1 Thessalonians. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says this. For we say this to you by the Lord's word, that we who are still alive. Who's alive? All right. Not very many people. Who's alive? All right. I need some participation here this morning. All right. If you're awake, say amen. If you're awake, say amen. It said, for the Lord's word that we who are still alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will in no way precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the shout of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the blast of the trumpet of God. You know, when he blasts that trumpet of God in the Greek, it says this, that he's not only declaring war, but he's declaring victory. I don't know about you, but I want to serve the God of victory. I don't know about you, but I want to serve the God of the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you, but I want to serve the first, the last, the author, the finisher of my faith, who knows the end from the beginning, who I can walk in confidence says, then we who are alive and remain will simultaneously be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Are you seeing right there that there is going to be a rapture of the church? Again, I don't want to tell you that I have a tenfold hat on and say it's going to be on such and such date. When the, you know, there's people that say when the blood moon does this and that gets its hips just right. All these different things. Can I tell you? No one knows the day or the hour. But can I tell you, there's some things that are happening in the earth today that I want to share with you in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says this, Now in regard to the coming of the Lord our Jesus Christ, and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled. So what was he in verse 1? He's talking about the gathering together. He's talking about the rapture of the church that he talked about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He said, not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by a spirit or a message or a letter from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. He said, don't pay attention to those Instagram preachers. Don't pay attention to them TikTok bozos. Don't pay attention to those things. Don't, don't pay attention to the letters that you're getting. He said, let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. What is he saying? He said there's got to be apostasy. You know, Scripture tells us this in Timothy, that there will be a great falling away in the last days. I wish I could give you an encouraging word that said that I believe there's going to be revival, but he said in the last days there will be a great falling away. How many of y'all know that the rapture of the church couldn't happen in the 50s because people still believe the Word of God? Couldn't happen in the 60s because there's multiple people that still believe the word of God. In the 70s, people believe the word of God. How many of y'all know the things that you see? I mean, there is goofy stuff out there, y'all. Somebody sent me a TikTok of a queer preacher. Can I say that? I said it anyway. Well, I guess they want an LGBTQ. They like it. So, mine is. But anyways, he preached a message on Easter, John 11. He preached a message in John 11 about Lazarus. When he come out, he was coming out of the closet. He wasn't coming out of the grave. Can I tell you that it got shared 150,000 times? Can you believe people believe that goofy stuff? I'm, I met somebody the other day that works on an ambulance uh, in a town not far from here. But it's a woman that dresses up, that takes hormones to be a man so she can dress drag. That she can dress drag. How many of y'all know in, in, in Deuteronomy 28, he said a cursed mind is a confused mind? How many of y'all know that's confused whether or not you're a boy or a girl? It's very easy to tell. I'm telling you, bodies don't lie. 
And if we're creating the image of God, he did, he did not mess up when he made us a male. Or he did not mess up when he made you a girl. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. Praise God. But it says, he said, there, so it means that there would have to be an apostasy. How many of y'all know there's people pulling away more and more every day? He said the man of lawlessness would come in. That's why I'm saying the spirit of the Antichrist is on the earth today. Especially when I saw the BLM movement. I mean, I know this is on YouTube and on Facebook. But I will say that BLM is definitely the spirit of the Antichrist. And I'll definitely say that Antifa is the spirit of the Antichrist. Why? Because they're lawless. I'm telling you, we ought to really be paying attention on the earth today because there is lawlessness trying to be passed in the streets. And what is he saying? That's when the end is coming. It's crazy to even think that there would be lawlessness. But that's the only way that there would be a great falling away. And there's, that's the only way that the, that the son of sin or this man of sin of lawlessness could be revealed. And then it says, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God. I believe this. I believe there is a temple either that's going to be built or it may be being built that we don't know about that he will publicly proclaim that he himself is God. And in this time, we read this in Greek text. It says this, that he will display signs and wonders that are so strong, a demonic sign that people will follow him. And then it goes on, verse 5, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I was telling you these things? In verse 6, it says, this is my favorite part, and this is what I want to share this morning. Some of y'all are already bored. I, this is the part you need to lean in. And you know what restrains him now. It is so that he will be revealed at his own time. So there's a time that he comes, right? No one knows the day or the hour. It's even Jesus at the wedding at Cana when his mother, mother asked him, he says, what do we do? He said, mother, that's where he really messed up, <laughs> right? I ain't never going to call my mom mother. But he said, he said this, he said, my time has not yet come. How many of y'all know there's a time, there's an hour, whatever it is on the earth? But the part that's exciting to me about verse 6, and he said, you know what restrains him now. That means there is a resistance on the earth today. Can I tell you what I think it is? Actually, I'm going to tell you what I think I know it is. Number one, there's people out there that during that time, they thought it was the Roman Senate. Obviously, they were wrong. They thought that was stopping the, the Antichrist on the earth was the Roman Senate. Number two, there's people out there that think it's God Almighty himself. But here's the deal. Even when the Antichrist comes, God will still be on the earth. Number three, when the Antichrist comes, there's people that thought that it was the Holy Spirit. There was people, But I believe this. Even those people that are left here after the rapture, I believe they will have an opportunity through the power of the Holy Spirit to cry out to the Lord. Number four, that people thought it was Michael the archangel. But I'll tell you who it is. And I believe it is. Because I've already said it. Upon this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell. Any kind of spirit of antichrist. I'm telling you, the church. I came to fire up the church today. That we are the resistance against the spirit of the antichrist. Because look at the first verse when he talks about the gathering of people. The only way that the spirit of the Antichrist can come on the earth is after the gathering of the people. That means the church has to be gone in order for him to take over. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get out my lightsaber and be Luke Skywalker, baby. Come on. Who's ready to be Luke Skywalker? Amen. I believe the force is strong with us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But I'm here to also tell you these things that we need to wake up as a body of Christ. And we've got to be the resistance that God has called us to be. I'm telling you, that's why we're never going to get up. Is it going to happen? Yes, it is. But we're still called to resist, to stand our ground. That's why I think it's so important, just like this garbage that's happened in school, school systems. That's why I'm so excited that AOL is starting a school. Because I believe there's two people in this earth that are ordained by God to lead kids. It's parents and it's the church. And we might as be the one teaching our kids. Amen? I mean, they're trying to teach them sexual orientation, all this different stuff. No, teach them science, history, math. And here we'll teach them the word of God and what it has to say about all of that. Amen? So, 
I, I, I just came to put a spur in your belly that, that, you know, until he comes, we got work to do. Until he comes, we have some things that God's called us to do. So number one, the thing that stands out to me in Jeremiah 29, just I have a few more minutes. In Jeremiah 29, what stands out to me is he's 800 miles away, and he writes to these men, and he's telling them, you're going to be in 70 years of exile. I mean, oh, 70 years is a long time. You're like, it's felt like so long since Biden's been president. Can you imagine him being president for 70 years? Lord have mercy. Heavens no. But 800 miles away, what does he tell him? What does he say? He said, I want you to settle in Babylon for the long haul because I'm doing something in you. How many of y'all know if whether you're in a storm, you're about to, whether you just got out of a storm, you're in a storm, you're about to go into one? How many of y'all know it's in the fire that God refines you? I heard about this movie this weekend called 127 Hours, where a guy's stuck on a rock and he takes out a, 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 a dull pocket knife and he cuts off his arm. He drank his own urine, all kinds of stuff to stay alive for five days, walked seven miles back. I'm going to ask you this morning, what are some things that you're willing to cut off of your life to go in the destiny God has in store for you? 70 years, 70 years. So he, he said, settle in there for the long haul. He said, this isn't going away anytime soon, and I just want to give you a word of encouragement. What's happening in the world today, it's not going away anytime soon. Thou saith the Lord. But it's the truth. But it doesn't mean that it has to affect you and me. Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Am I talking too fast? I'm about to talk faster. You ready? Number two, he said to be a good citizen. Some of y'all need to get revelation of this today. You need to be a good citizen. You know what I was, uh, uh, Lucas, me and, me and him went to shoot some horses after Easter, and I was so excited of all the people in the first and second service that answered the altar call and people came to the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of people that came to the Lord that Sunday. He jumps in the truck and he's like, Pastor, we got a problem. I said, I don't like problems. Fix it. That's what I'm telling you. Don't come to me with problems. Come with me with the answers. Come with me with fixing things. But he says, well, I can't fix it. Oh, so, so anyways, he tells me that uh, there was an event that was in, in Canyon, Texas, that was LGBTQT, um, ABC, one, two, three, I don't know all of them, XYZ, OU812. And so they had this event, Easter, they had this Easter, and they were having, they were having an Easter egg hunt, and I guess there was a drag run there. But anyways, long story short, they had, they had sent out something on our, on our um, Facebook page and our website saying, I can't believe you would show up and spread violence and hatred. Well, that doesn't sound like us. So Lucas did a great job texting back and forth, seeing what this event was. So anyways, I called this person, and this person tells me, yes, I know exactly who you are. She's very quick with me, stern with me, begins to tell me of, of what had taken place. So they did in Canyon, Texas. 79115. I mean, rural cowboys. Right there, LGBTQT, they, they have this deal. And so they had churches in Canyon, Texas with pride flags on their logos. And he said, that, and, and so, anyways, he said, Your church was there. Long story short, there was somebody there that said that they were from our church. And they hit somebody in the nose. And they also, too, were throwing Gideon Bibles at the kids. And she told me, she said, she said, me and my husband, we are a straight couple, but we want to raise our kids. We have three kids in the LGBTQT because we don't want our straight relationship to manipulate how they choose a spouse when they get so you, So you push gay down their throat? That's manipulation. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to be like me. Amen? And so rather than talk, I said, ma'am, I can tell you this, that arena of life, we do not agree how you agree. But I will say this, we love the sinner and we hate the sin. We're going to be good citizens. I would never show up to a place and spread violence, but I will spread the truth because the truth will set you free. So I'm talking about being a good citizen. Amen? And there's many times, like that TikTok video of that preacher, I mean, I typed it up, Pastor Buzz, and I was ready to send. 
I was probably going to go into TikTok jail if that's even a thing. But I thought to myself, this is not going to reach him. You know what reaches people? Not, not this. This. You living in, living in those places of adversity. The way you raise your kids. The way you talk to your spouse. I'm telling you, that's the way it reaches those. So he said, be a good citizen. The third one is this. He said, don't be deceived by what you're hearing. Can I tell y'all this morning? Don't be deceived by what you're hearing. Can I tell you everything that they're telling you on the news? It's the opposite. And I don't care if it's the good guys. All right? I don't care what kind of nation it is. I, I, you might, might not believe me, but I'm telling you, that's the truth. Here's the fourth thing. He said, in spite of it all, you still have a future and a hope. Can I tell you there's power in the present if there's a hope in my future? I'm going to say that again because that's good enough to write down. If there is hope in my future, there is power in my present. And I'm telling you, God is still on the throne. He's still the King of kings and he's still the Lord of lords. The scripture still works. If I say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in my heart. I'll tell you what the prophet didn't say. The prophet didn't say this is going away. The prophet didn't say this, to live in fear. Can I tell you, there's still be people out there that are living in fear? How many of y'all know people that are living in fear? I'm telling you, I would rather die than live in fear. I'd rather die living in faith than living in fear. Here's the next one. He didn't say, listen to what everybody has to say. He also didn't say this, go hide in a bunker somewhere. Amen? Come on, how many of y'all know we got cities to build and contracts to fill? We can't give up. We can't shut up. I'm telling you, the gas may get high and all these things may happen in the economy, but I walk by faith and not by sight. God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? So here's the first thing that he told them to do. He said, before he told them, verse 11, he told them, there's five things I want you to write down. Number one, he said, build the house. Everybody say, build the house. Everybody say, build the house. He said, build the house. In verse 5, he said, build houses and live in them. Um, in youth, we used to do this thing called build the house of God. And at camp, every year, we would have doors. And there would be two kids across from each other. They'd say, I'm a door, I'm a door. And then we'd have kids over here, and they would be jumping up and down. I'm a window, I'm a window. And they would have a fireplace, I'm a fireplace. And then we'd have kids under there, I'm a fire, I'm a fire. And then we'd hear the word fire, and we'd douse them with soakers, super soakers and just put them out, right? But our whole point was kids to, telling kids this. There was a message in and of itself. There's kids that need to be the windows. There's kids that need to be the doors. We are the hands and feet of God. And you know what we're not going to do? We're not just going to say, you know what, Jesus is coming back. Let's just hide in a bunker somewhere. No, you know what we're going to do? And this is what I encourage you to do. Build the house. If you want to have a baby, have a baby. Margaret, Richard, y'all just got married. Y'all should have a baby. All right? <laughs> Angie, Casey, I mean, come on. Thou saith the Lord. Now, it was, it was offensive to me when y'all have another one. I love Asa. Bring on Asa number two. Um, it was offending to me when Pastor Brandy in the first service said, amen. I said, no, 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 no. Let Pastor Robert and Cindy do that before us. I mean, no way. All right? Let them have another baby. But how many of y'all know we can't live in fear? We got to live in faith. If you want to have a baby, have a baby. Praise God. Amen. We, let, let's, let's do some things. Uh, again, build, we've got to build the house of God. Number two, he said this. He said, stay, and this is what I want you to write down, stay planted. He said, plant gardens and eat their fruit. You know, I'd encourage you with this, plant a garden or move next door to somebody who has a big one. Right? I think that's just a wise thing to do. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, send the kids out there at midnight. They can, get, you know, have flashlight and things like that. I'm going to get in so much trouble. See, this is what happens when I'm not prepared for a message. I literally learned at 10 o'clock last night that I was not going to, I thought I wasn't going to preach, but I had a surprise for y'all. But anyways, this is why I need notes. <laughs> Are y'all getting some out of the word today already? Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, but I, I just saw this article the other day. There's a place in the earth, and I, and I need to get more information, but this is the gist of it. 
not far from each other is one is a desert and one is a rainforest. And at one time, the desert was a rainforest. But what they did was, is they had cut some trees down, and from that time, what, what had happened was, is it spread, and trees began to die, and now it's, now it's sand. But the, the whole point, the guy's message was the, this, that it doesn't rain there because it's a rainforest. It rains there because the trees are there. Because there's something in the trees that goes up in and makes thunderclouds, and it rains. And they've proven a fact, when they cut down the trees, and there's just one tree there, it rains from time to time, but not very much. His point is this, that because of the trees there, that's why it rains there. I don't know about you, but I want to be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth due fruit in due season. Can I tell you, this is a time where we not get offended with one another and resist one another. This is a time where we need to be planted in the house of God. We need to be in unity, and we're praying out for revival. We're praying for the Lord to reign, but we ain't in unity with one another. You know what we got to do? We got to be planted firm in the house of God. I'm telling you, that's where it reigns. I don't know about you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to link up together, and it's going to rain in the Bennett home. Come on. It's going to rain in the Newman home. It's going to rain in the Gray home. It's going to rain in the Busby home. I'm declaring it now. It's going to rain in the Davison home. Come on, in the Divini home, in the Campbell home, in the Stovall home, in Jesus' name. As we get in unity, but we've got to stay planted. We've got to stay planted in the Word of God. Consistency creates confidence. I'm telling you, you'll have a future and a hope if you do it. Number three is this. One more story about staying planted. There's a guy that I shot for for years. Took me into his shop. He had a bonsai tree. It was an oak tree. It was this big. I was, those are so cool. Aren't they? I mean, right away, it's like Karate Kid. Dobi, origato, Mr. Roboto, right? And so he said, you know what's amazing? The same seed that planted this 20 years ago, he took me outside, and it was an oak tree, and it was 30 foot in the air. The same bag of seeds. That's the difference in being potted and being planted. You want growth? You better get planted in the house of God. Here's the third one is this. He said, verse 6, take Take your wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. They are in exile. And what are they saying? I want you to live. So here's the third one. You need to raise your family. The Bible said to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he grows old, he won't depart from it. Let's raise our kids in the admonition of the Lord. You know, I heard a story this, this last week of a parent I was at somebody's house, and he was telling me about um, uh, uh, something that happened in their finances, and they needed a breakthrough. And they told me, they said, but don't tell, it was their kid. Their kid's a uh, junior high, probably maybe a freshman in high school. And I said, well, why didn't he know? He said, well, I just don't want him to know the severity of how broke that we were. I said, that's pride. You need to tell your kid what happened, and only God made a way when there seemed to be no way. That's why inside of the Bennett home, we pray. Even if it's a headache, we pray for them. And when they get better, I want them to know it wasn't dad that healed them. It was God that healed them. I want them to know that the house that we live in, it's not by might, it's nor by power, but it's by his spirit. And it's by us believing God for this home. And it's not what dad did. Obviously, dad has put his hand to the plow. But it's not anything of what dad did. It's what God did. I want them to know that God gave us the ability to have this car. God healed my body. God set me free from the life I used to live in. How many of y'all know we need to be the example to our kids that God did it in our life? Amen? Number four is this. He said, seek peace and well-being for the city where I have sent you into exile. Number four is outreach. Can I tell you, I was excited this week to cut a check Send it to Canadian, Texas to a rancher that needed some money for all the fires that happened. You know why it happened? It's because we gave the vision to you. And you know what we got to do even in the last days and even in this time of uncertainty? We've got to give. And we've got to help people in need. We've got to make a difference. I was so excited to do that. We've got to be outreach, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How many of y'all know? There may be not much little time, but we need to preach until the very end. If you have kids that need to know Jesus, we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Come on, we need to be a light in darkness. Darkness don't help darkness. Only light helps darkness. That's the light. Here's the fifth thing is this, and I'm almost done. It says, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its peace, well-being, you will have peace. Number five, 
I'm here to give you a word of encouragement today. What we're going to do is build the house, stay planted. Number three, raise the house or, or raise your family. Number four, we were going to be outreach. And number five, but the church prayed. I'm telling you, pray. The, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know what we're going to be? is praying homes. You know what we're going to be is a praying church. We're going to pray tonight, actually, at 630. We're going to pray. And I'm telling you, I believe big things happen. What did he tell the people of exile? He said, don't quit living. Don't quit living. The gas may be high, but I'm going to keep living. It may look terrible in the economy, but I don't know about you. I'm going to keep living. Come on, who's out there today? Say, I'm going to keep living. Raise your hand this morning. I'm going to keep living. I don't care what the news says. I don't care how many people are in the hospital. I mean, I do care, but you get what I'm saying? It's not going to stop me from pursuing and going where I need to go and do what I need to do and be who God has called me to be because God is still on the throne and he's still the healer and he's still the provider and he's still the good shepherd and he still wants to do big things in our lives. He's not through with us. He's not through with us. God's not through with me. God's not through with me. Come on, let's say it together. God's not through with me. God is not through with me. I, he, he, might, he can't be for you, but he's not for me. I'm telling you, I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Right? Who's ready to charge hell with a squirt gun? Amen. Let's do it together. There's one last thing that I want to share. And the reason that I want to share this is because I, I, I don't want you to be on the fence. Number one, I believe there's people in this room. Number one, you're this number one person. You've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and the fruits of the Spirit are reflected in your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. There's actions. You don't do the same things you used to do. You don't talk the same way you used to talk. You don't act the same way that you used to act. You are a Bible-believing believer. Amen? And even if you got saved two weeks ago, there's a sanctification process that's happened, right? Your mind still is often never, never land, and crazy things like that, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, there's, there's a renewing. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. That's number one. But number two, there's number two. There's four different people in the room. I want to share with you number two. I don't want to talk about number two. Let's go to number four. You know what number four is? Four is opposite one. One is, or, or four is who one prays for. Four is one who's never asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life. They've never had that, that message of salvation where they admit that they're a sinner. They believe that Jesus died on the cross on the third day, rose again. He'd come live on the inside. They've never confessed him as their Lord. They've never done that. They may have had opportunities. They may have never had opportunities. But it's four. It's, it's an unrighteous person. It's a lost person. It's, it's, a, it's a reprobate that doesn't know Jesus. Now I want to go back to number two. Number two is somebody who has prayed the prayer that one did, but they still look like number four. Number two prayed the prayer of one, but they still do all the same things that four does. And four doesn't want to be number one because all they see is number two. They see the hypocrite. They see number four. He still drinks. He drinks with number two. He smokes dope with number two. He watches the wrong things with number two. He still talks the same way as number two. So number, number four thinks that he's done what number one has done because he acts just like number two, but he hasn't. I'm telling you, that is no way to be. There should be fruits displayed on the inside of you that you are completely different from number four if you're number one. Then there's a third person in this room today. And this is the one to me, if you ask me, this is the most scary one. Because number three is one that thinks he's done what number two and what number one has done. Number two, I promise you, Jesus said, depart from me for I never knew you. Number three... He thinks because mama did and daddy did and grandpappy's pappy's pappy did. And just because he came to church every single Sunday, even because he served somewhere in the church, just, you know, just because you sit in a garage doesn't make you an F-150. Just because you came in here does not make you a believer. 
Listen, I know this is hard. I, 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 I know that. But I'm telling you, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. And here's the deal. Four and three are the same. And not, if you ask me, two, three, and four are the same. One is always praying for three. He's always praying for four. And can I be just honest with you? He's praying for number two. Number two's the guy who serves Jesus publicly, but privately he doesn't. Can I tell you, that's a scary place to be. Can I tell you, people that go to hell are just people that have unforgiveness of sins. And number two, what they've done is they've asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life, but they've continued in sin and they haven't repented and, and gone the other direction. And they're still acting like number four. And like I said before, how many of y'all know so many people, how many fours out there do y'all know that won't come to Christ because they see so many number twos? I'm going to ask that again. How many non-believers do y'all know that won't come to church or they won't get, give their life to Christ because of so many hypocritical believers? Can, can we make a pact this morning that we won't be two or three? Because we're running out of time and people need to know Jesus. And can I be real honest with you? I don't serve God for people. I serve God because God is good. People are not. I mean, you know, people are not. I mean, people tell me all the time. They're like, I don't go to church because of hypocrites. I'm like, will you go to Walmart? You can't go nowhere without a hypocrite. They're everywhere. It's about you and God. I want us to stand to our feet this morning. I know this is a hard message, but I believe it's for such a time as this. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're out there and you say, you know what? Oh, there's one last thing I want you to, I want you to see. Okay? You have the one who loves the Lord. You have the four who loves the Lord. Or, or who doesn't love the Lord. Right? That he's away from God. How far apart are they? How far apart is three and one? How far apart is two and one? Would you say about six inches? Four and one? That think they're, so they're not saved. This person's saved. Serves the Lord. Has fruits of it. But four, he's never asked Jesus to be the Lord of the life. Then there's number three. There's number one. How far apart? I'd say about six inches. Two inches. And two, the one, the one who still acts like number four, but he's prayed the prayer of one. It's about six inches. Actually, it's farther than six inches. It's eternity. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to live my life on a whim, whether or not I think that I am. We shouldn't have to ask you whether you think you are or you're not. You should be an outward expression of an inward change. That's what baptism is, right? There's many people, there's people that get baptized. And what Romans 6 says is an outward expression of an inward change. But here's the deal. If you're being number two and number three and you get baptized, all you are is a dry devil and you come up a wet devil. I'm be, I know this is hard, y'all. This is the word of God. And it'll set you free. Y'all come back next week. I'll preach a message on Mother's Day and make you feel all better. We'll give you flowers and celebrate the moms. How much lipstick's in the room? You know, all that kind of stuff. But today, I don't know about you, but I don't want eternity hanging on the balance of a whim. I want it hanging on the truth. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm in this room, and I can honestly tell you that I'm number four. I don't know Jesus, my Lord and personal Savior. I, I can tell you, I thought that I may have did when I was a kid. Maybe I just thought that because my parents said I was. But, but I'm telling you, don't hang on the balance of that. But if you really never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and you're number four, if you're out there, just lift your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I'm number four. All right? I believe everybody, everybody in here has prayed a prayer. All right? Now I want to ask you this. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, you're number three out there. You think you're saved. Or maybe you're out there, you're number two. 
You say, I prayed the prayer of salvation. I prayed it years ago, but I can honestly tell you. Now, I want to give grace where you need it. You got saved two weeks ago, and you're still struggling with some things. Listen, there's a sanctification process, and let's keep some things under the blood. But there's some of you, you've been saved three and four years. Maybe you got saved when you were a kid, and you still act like number four. You're the one I'm talking to. You still don't know no word. You still don't know. You, you, you don't know. I mean, I'm telling you, let's get things right today. If you're out there, and you say, you know what? I can honestly say to you that I think I'm saved. Or number two, um, I prayed it, but I don't live it. If you're ever anything other than one, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Who's out there? Is there anybody? Praise God. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I believe there's more in the room. If you're just going to be honest. Hey, John. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Let's make things right with the Lord today. Praise God. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. There's many that raise their hand. I want to pray this prayer of salvation. Say, Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Everybody in the room, even the ones that raised their hand, or if you didn't raise your hand, come on, we are a family. We are a planted forest ready for God's rain to be poured out in this room right now. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. You were buried, but on the third day you rose again. Today I realize that I've been denying you, that the fruits of you have not been displayed in me. But today I make a choice to make you the Lord of my life. Make me new. Set me free from this day forward. I'll, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.